Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're getting through the week. Hope it's winding down. If you have a traditional weekend, the weekend's on its way. Hang in there. But again, just your little reminder, make sure this week is centering self-care every single day. Some joy and pleasure. And as always, make sure you are also prioritizing some rest. Our psyches and our nervous systems need a break, whether that's from social media, whether that's from news and politics, or maybe that's just even from other people. Go in the bedroom and close the door. Go take that bath and play your music. Go for a drive. Go for a walk. Whatever it is you need. Know on the front end, it's better to get those needs met than waiting until you explode and you've done damage and then it's a little bit too late. But let's talk about some mental health news. There's a lot of really great stuff going on. Etsy has something called Bright Ears. This is out of the UK and it's inclusive dolls. But this is people with different facial differences. Uh, cleft chins, uh, hearing devices for their you know hearing aids. I love things like this because again, as a child, when a child looks around and sees nothing that reflects back how they look or you know a possible disability, that, that's very um, illegitimizing, that's very minimizing, that's very isolating. But to see yourself brought in is, is really empowering. There was a meme that went around, it was stunning. It was a child that was in a wheelchair looking up at an ad in Target where the model was also a wheelchair user. And it was really, really beautiful. And that was an honest moment. This wasn't planned. The child just looking up at the model and for the first time seeing itself reflected back. And that is so important and so meaningful. So I love all these dolls that are doing different hairstyles, different body shapes and sizes, different levels of ability, different races, um, freckled, non-freckled, vitiligo, just really mirroring back what the world has to offer. And that normalizes. I would love to get to a time when people aren't worried about skin breaking out or different color colorations in different areas of their skin or their body. And we just kind of let ourselves be honestly who we are. And we stop fighting stretch marks and wrinkles and body hair. And we just really get to an authentic, honest place. And we just focus on what really matters, which is living a life full of meaning and value. Um, other good news, and a lot of interesting things came out. We've kind of documented some of it where this election season brought forth the largest amount of people stepping into positions of um, political positions that were gay, trans. I love this. Now, we have another one. I was not aware of this. Rachel Slauson, probably name you might not know. She hopes to become the first openly LGBTQ Miss USA. Haven't had one yet. I love that. So she's going to be competing. She's 25. Also has an interesting background. She had been homeless and living in her car for a while. Also an advocate for mental health issues, dealing with her own. 
I, I, I love this. What, what an amazing human being to come forward that occupies so many different marginalized and exploited identities, letting all those people know whether mental health issued, whether homeless, um, LGBT, you can still be Miss USA. And that really reflects USA. The USA or America is very much a diverse creative space. So I love that. That's stunning to me. Another good step, but heartbreaking to know that this needed to be done. UPS, they changed what was prior very strict appearance guidelines. They've lifted a ban on beards and natural black hairstyles. My God. Uh, you know, again, I want to say congratulations, but like part of me is like, yo, like I can't congratulate for doing you, for you doing what you needed to do. And what took you so long? Like black hairstyles are finally allowed. Like, dear God, the fact that what everyone had to have a, a more white standardized kind of hairstyle and cut. Oh God. But yes, that's the truth. Beards were not acceptable. Now they are as, as well as are, and this is their quote, afros, braids, curls, coils, locks, twists, and knots. God, let people just wear the hair the way they prefer. Like, that's what we call respectability politics. The idea that you have to look a certain way to be seen as professional or competent. And it's always rooted usually in white cis hetero standards. As per the UPS law, they weren't normalizing the hairstyles of people of color or black people. It was white people hair that they were trying to normalize. Well, guess what? Not everyone's white. <laughs> um, and so it's really good that we're moving away from dress codes and dress standards because they're often, they're often classist as well. So I'm glad we're moving away from all that. Let people just be themselves. That's how people are the happiest. That's how they're also most confident. But again, we use words like respectability and even words like professionalism, which is code word for white cis hetero ways of being, truly. And so we're finally undoing what we see as professional. Um, also, this is another great win, openly bisexual and autistic candidate won an election for state house, a state house seat. I wasn't aware of this person. Uh, Jessica Benham of Pittsburgh. I, I love that. She says that she decided to run for state legislature when she realized her communities had not been well represented in government. She's right. 29, autistic and bisexual, openly. Love that. Again, more diversification, letting people know of all different backgrounds. You too can also live the life you want to lead. There's something in, in psychology where when we see someone else do something, it then pushes the bar further and, reali and we realize we can do that and maybe more. So thank you for pushing that forward. We need more of that. You know, it really reminds us of what's possible. And finally, I love this as well, a new children's book. It's called um, A Color Named Love. And it's about a child who is in a polyamorous family. Why? Because polyamorous families exist and they raise really great, healthy, amazing children. First children's book of a child from a uh, polyamorous family. I'm going to have to purchase this. This looks stunning. Uh, you're going to meet little Anna and her four parents and it celebrates polyamory and all the other different ways that families can exist. Stunning, stunning stuff. All right, y'all. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. And now we're going to go to our first guest, Dr. James Q. Simmons. Uh, welcome to the show. Why, thank you, Dr. Chris. How Good to you? have you back. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's been a little while. It has. How are you hanging in there? How's your mental health through all this? Very interestingly, uh, it's tenuous at times, not going to lie. Um, but at today, I'm doing well. Today, I'm doing well. I actually took a lot of, uh, did a lot of self-care over the weekend that I always tell other people to do. Uh, and I finally decided to listen to myself and I actually feel a lot better. <laughs> and it's it. amazing how it works when you take your own advice, right? Uh, it also in healthcare and everything, I have a torn bicep right now. Oh, man. 
have have I done all of the things I need to be doing to get torn bicep? No, of course not. I'm like, oh yeah, I can lift that box. It's fine. So uh, very much sometimes a do what I say, not as I do thing. Bless it, man. I'm taking my own <laughs> advice though. I've been focusing on so much rest. That's just been like the mantra, rest, rest, rest. But um, vaccines. So, you know, again, COVID yeah. right now, the numbers are ridiculously high. I, I, for the first time, have started to get anxiety. I think everything got a little normalized. Mm -hmm. I've definitely been following the rules, uh, isolating, wearing my mask. But look at the numbers. It's quite scary. So um, talk to us a little bit about that. And then also, what can we expect in terms of vaccines? You know, I think, Chris, you're not alone. Everyone everyone got a little lax and we see it in the numbers, right? The, the, the data, the data, however you say it, doesn't lie. And, you know, I, for better or for worse, you know, now we are, I hate to use this word. I really don't like this word at all. I think you've talked about this before, but there are consequences for our actions, right? That's a really intense word. Um, but I think a lack of, uh, you know, federal response to this early on and continued, you know, states lagging behind in really just doing the simple things and following some of the science has led us here. And, you know, we've led us to this really, really great point now where we have this amazing information about vaccines, right? This all this awesome news has come out about vaccines, but we're still months and months and months away from those vaccines getting out to everyone and becoming, you know, normal. And so now we have to still do the things that a lot of folks haven't really been doing for months if we're going to slow this thing down at all. Yeah, I've been saying it to nauseam. You know, the holidays are coming. They're going to be different this year. Please, please, please stay home. Different doesn't mean bad or canceled or wrong. Just got to, you know, get a little more creative. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Serious. The different, different doesn't mean bad. I, I'm having the same conversation with my family right now and my partner's family. You know, that it's uncomfortable. We don't, I mean, you, you know better than anyone, Chris. We as human beings like inherently don't like change like we're like uh that's weird that's different i'm not sure i'm a fan of this thing whatsoever it doesn't feel like that feeling that i'm used to that i've been looking forward to especially in a year like this one where we haven't really had a lot to look forward to right and so now we come up to these holidays and uh it's it's kind of a mess but i just keep telling people it is okay for these holidays to feel different so that we're all around to go back to the way holidays used to be next year. Yeah, I saw a press conference with the governor of New Jersey and it was so powerful. They were saying, you know, come on, masks, they're annoying to get in the way. And the governor was like, you know what's annoying? Death. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and, and there it is. And there it is. It's literally a life-saving mechanism. You know, put it on your face and stay home. But as far as um, vaccines, you know, I'm doing telemedicine only. And I have clients that are really eager to get back in my office. And my hard line's been, as soon as there's a vaccine, I welcome mm -hmm. you all back in. But until then, I don't feel that there's enough precautions we can take to promise that I'm going to be able to keep my, myself and all the patients in my practice safe. Um, what are we looking at? Are we looking at March? Somehow March keeps being where people are saying it might be available to the wider public. Yeah, we, we like that that time frame, at least at this point. Although the, the most recent vaccine news coming out of Pfizer and Moderna was actually a lot better than we thought it was going to be. So some experts are saying that that timeline could even be a little bit faster. So for those of you watching, listening, who may not know, so we, there's two vaccine announcements. Pfizer has announced that they have a vaccine that they think is about 90% effective. Moderna is saying 94.5% effective. They had very similar studies. Both of them had large groups of individuals. So Moderna had 30,000, Pfizer had 44,000. They gave half of the people 
placebo, the other half, their vaccine. And then they sent them out into the world for about three months and said, all right, we're just gonna track and see who gets COVID and then come back and look at the information. Well, in the Pfizer group, there were about 90 people who got uh, COVID over that three month span in the Pfizer group, about 95 in the Moderna group, only five from the Moderna group that got the vaccine were the people who got COVID, meaning 85 of the people were the ones who got the placebo, which is how they get to the 94.5% effective. That is way more than the 50 to 60% effective that we thought this was gonna be. Now, a couple of caveats here. We don't have the, the intense, really juicy, yummy data for all of us to look at and sort of dissect. These were both announced just by um, press releases, right? And the presidents of both of the you know pharmaceutical companies saying, look at our vaccine, it's super great. But even folks like Dr. Anthony Fauci and some of the others at the NIH who have partially funded these studies are saying, this looks very, very promising. We might be able to move into that logistics phase of a vaccine much, much faster than we thought. Beautiful. And quickly before we let you go, just talk briefly about the safety of vaccines because that's also something that's coming up where people are saying, "Do you really believe that they're effective? Is it a is it a you know a, a controversy? You know what's going on <laughs> behind the doors?" So, what are your thoughts on vaccines in general? There have been vaccine controversies since we started doing vaccines, right? So for 150 years or so, this is not new. This controversy around this, the numbers of Americans who are actually willing to take the vaccine, Chris, is actually creeping up a little bit. So it was a little bit below 50%. It's now a little bit over 50%. I will tell folks watching, listen, we are very good at vaccines. This is not like this is the first time we've ever created a vaccine and we don't know what we're doing. The technology with this vaccine is a little bit new, but coronaviruses in general are not new to scientific research. Developing vaccines are not new. We don't generally do it this fast, but there's also so many eyes and ears and checks and balances in place that we're really, really harping on the safety of these vaccines because we've never tried to pull something on off like this in humanity ever that the scientists absolutely don't want to get it wrong. So we definitely need to see the data. We definitely need to be reassured that safety has been followed and that these are going to be safe. But I also think at the same time, there's potential for these to be extremely safe. And so far in early data, no real adverse effects from either vaccine, Pfizer or Moderna. So that's great news. Awesome. Dr. James Q. Simmons, thank you so much for being a part of our show. Absolutely. My pleasure, Chris. All right, y'all, we are still in a pandemic. The vaccine is not ready, so please still follow the guidelines six feet apart, spending time only outdoors, not around crowds of people, and keep on those masks. Coming up next, we'll be sliding into those DMs. All right, y'all, we're back. Just a quick little mention. You know, I'm a big fan of people using online dating appropriately, lovingly, ethically. We're all home right now. We're lonely. We're tired. We're scared. COVID's happening. We need distractions and maybe a little joy in our lives. I'm telling everyone, get online, get some sexting, some romance, maybe build a relationship of other kinds. But you're like, you guys have ethics around it. Remember, we're not saying like, oh, it's just online. Don't take it seriously. No, please take it seriously. It's a person. Their mental health matters, right? Like you're impacting them. They're not just a trick. They're a human. 
Um, but also stop with the ghosting. If you've connected with someone, you built a relationship, even if it's just for the day, you don't, you have accountability to that. Don't just disappear. There's too many people that are like, oh, I'll just misuse your presence for the day with no desire for something more, which is okay. You don't need to have more. Going on a first date or a second date isn't a promise to be with them forever or marry them. We're allowed to take time to explore and get to know. But if you realize that that's what you're doing, don't waste someone's time if that's what it's about. I just wanted the attention. But if after a full day of talking, you feel like you've gotten all that you want, that's okay. But like, let them know somehow. Ghosting is, is, is anything you do that negatively impacts someone or harms someone or misleads them when you know better. And don't just disappear on people. You know what I mean? We need, we need to be a little bit better, especially right now. People are struggling with their mental health, with finances. They're lonely. They're isolated. And far too many people are just misusing that. You know, apps and people's time and presence aren't for you to just suck the life out of and then bounce. So say something like, look, it's been really great hanging out with you today. Um, you know, not really looking for anything more, like all the best, take care. Yeah, say that. Or, you know, it was great going on a couple FaceTime dates with you. It just feels like the chemistry or compatibility is not there. Um, you know, great getting to know you, take care. Be honest, be open, let people know where you're at, what you're looking for. Otherwise people get really harmed. But uh, all right, time for some DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding into the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms. Because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore with confidence. Our DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Slide on into them DMs with your questions. You can also go to my DMs uh, at Dr. Donahue on my IG. This one asks, hey, Dr. Chris, is there really any way to mend a relationship with your family? I've been distant from my family for the last few years. I moved across the country for a job and my family took it as disrespect. See, that's interesting. So we've just been kind of distant. It's disrespectful to move across the country. See, that's not love. Love is about supporting someone's growth, someone's expansion. Love is often something that we do in service for someone else because it's in their best interest that makes us uncomfortable, right? Love isn't about centering ourselves. Love is always about centering the other. Of course, love has boundaries. Of course, love pays attention to the impact someone has on you, but love is directed elsewhere, outward, at someone, right? So I'm sad that they let you down in that way. Um, so you say, I'm not willing to go back to our hometown. Good, don't, you don't need to. You can be present in a relationship without that. You don't have to live in the hometown, but I wanna start making this relationship better. Do you have any advice? We're also a typical Hispanic family, so for them, moving away as a woman to be independent and for a job was not okay with them. Yeah, that's hard when there's cultural differences. Racial differences, cultural differences, cultural differences um, just general family dis differences, even regional differences, <laughs> gender differences. Because as you just said, use the word woman as a woman. Because if you're a man, you're implying your family might have been like, yeah, do your thing. Uh, yeah, so there's sexism in there, you know, and some family stuff. Um, I don't know. I, there's no way to convince them that what you did was right. Because that's kind of what the question says. Like, is there a way to convince them that their way of being is wrong? No. I would just say, Keep on showing up and, and, and relating to them in the ways that you want them to relate to you. If you want to still be present in their life, still be present in theirs, right? If you want, to, if you want them to keep close to you, keep close to them. So I would say still call them weekly, you know? Normalize that. Still text them every now and then. Let them know you're thinking about them. Don't, don't honor the distance that they've created, you know what I mean? Because then you're part of that feedback loop. They might have distance from you, but don't distance from them. So still fly home and see them. They'll learn to normalize and allow that. Still call them and check in on them. Still text them. Still send them pictures of how your life is going. Live from, live from, live your life and relate to them in the way that is aligned with how you want things to be. And at some point they'll come around because they do want a relationship with you. Um, it's just, they're getting caught up on these needless things like rules and expectations, which are limiting, you know, and they're not always healthy 
A lot of family norms aren't always healthy. So um, create the kind of relationship you want with them and they'll come around. That's my advice for that. Don't honor the distance if you don't want distance, you know? Kind of close that gap. Keep closer than that. Slide in the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms. It's the big old sex of the world and we want you to explore with confidence and stay safe and have all the fun in the world. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about uh, relational stuff, things you have to consider about relationships, relationships, relationships. Our mental health is all about them. Every song, every movie, every book. It's the core of our lives, right? It's important stuff. Question of the Night, as always, is up on our Level on IG page, so still some time to weigh in on that. We'll be right back with Nikki Deloche to talk more about Hallmark and also the activism she does. All right, now we're going to go to our next guest, Nikki Deloche. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am doing well. Good. Today is it's a good day. Day by day, right? I, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. So it's a mental health focused show. So I always start by asking guests, how is your mental health doing right now through all of this? My mental health is really, it's good. I, um, you know, just to jump on in, why not? Uh, I have a three-year-old who was born with congenital heart defects and has had three heart surgeries. So we've been living some semblance of this life for some time now. I mean, not quite to this, you know, measure, but it, it, it's been very insular. So I've, I had to learn very quickly how to, to do this, to be inside of this, to be inside of stress, to be inside of the everyday fear of something attacking your health. And I said in the beginning of COVID, at the beginning of the year, I kept telling people, you know, this is a mental health marathon. Can please, please take care of your mental health. And I, I knew it just from experience. So I've, I've managed to be able to stay pretty mentally healthy throughout this. How about you? I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm literally trying to walk my walk and talk my talk. Everything I'm talking to my patients about in my telepractice, because everything's, you know, telemedicine right now. I'm trying to yeah. do it as well, because I, I used to rely on a lot of socialization I've come to realize. And so now having to do it technologically, it's been a little bit different, but I'm glad we have the technology we have. Oh, yeah. I mean, I certainly miss my friends. I miss being in communion with people big time. Um, but I, I, I find, I find that, you know, the, the whole thing for me is to stay away from the future tripping is what I call it. Like the future, just thinking about what it, what's going to happen in two months or six months, or, you know, just if we can wake up and say, this is what's on the agenda today. This is what I'm doing today. And if you can try and stay in that as much as possible, I found that it really, it really serves me very well. So beautifully said, because I think we all expected the pandemic to have wind down, wound down by now, and it just keeps getting pushed further and further. And we're not really sure when this is going to stop. So yeah, stay in the moment, stay in the moment. Yeah, you have to. I mean, I think for me, you know, I thought that after Benny's first heart surgery that we would be done. For a while they were like we won't need another one until five except for a year later we were back in surgery and then six months after that we were back in surgery and i had to learn that really hard lesson of you know which we're all learning collectively right now is that just because we want something to be over doesn't mean it's going to be over and we have to continue to just practice our presence and um and, and just staying in the moment as much as possible because we don't know what life is gonna look like in two weeks. We don't know what it's gonna look like in two months or six months. 
right? And it could actually look better than we think it does. And staying, and staying out of that mindset of being of the dark, the gloom and doom and everything is going to be horrible by staying in the present, it keeps you out of that mindset of, 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 of future tripping and thinking that like, it's going to be bad forever. This too shall pass and it will pass. It will not be like this forever. And, and talking about other forms of self-care, cause I think that's a really beautiful way to reframe everything. What, what forms of self-care have you found yourself relying upon to get through this time? I have to say that I was horrible with self-care for the majority of my life. I mean, no sleep, you know, forgot to eat, exercised a lot. I mean, I was an actor who like had to be on television. So, you know, it, it was, it was very unhealthy. And then I, and then I got the news about my son Bennett, who was in my belly. And I found out in the same week that my dad was diagnosed. He was 62 years old with Pick's disease, which is a very rare and aggressive form of dementia. And it changed everything for me in terms of how I take care of myself. And if you don't like self-care, you can call it soul care. If it helps you to maybe change the language of it up a little bit. But what I have learned is that if I go down, the whole family goes down. There, there, nobody gets, nobody works if I'm not working. Wow. And wow. so if I don't get my sleep and if I don't take care of my being, and that means not just my physical self, but my mental self, my emotional self, my spiritual self, if I don't protect that, and sometimes you have to be really aggressive and vigilant, even if it's 10 minutes. Yesterday, I took 10 minutes, I sat outside in the sun, and I just ate my food. And I did nothing else but that. And I just took my 10 minutes and I went for a walk later in the day. That's all I did. But you know what? A little bit goes a long way. Exactly. And that's one of the things I'm saying, you know, when I'm working with my clients, I'm saying, have you gotten outside today? Have you gotten any sunlight? And, and like you said, 10 minutes can be one of the most recharging, grounding things ever, right? Vitamin D. Vitamin D. But, but I'm glad you didn't mention baking. Because that's been the bane of my time right now. Everyone I'm asking, they're like, I'm baking and I'm baking bread. And I'm like, I refuse. <laughs> I'm oh. not doing the baking. <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I'll eat all of it. <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> and I yeah. just don't enjoy cooking. <laughs> no, neither does my husband, by the way. He hates to touch food in any sort of capacity. So, and by the way, another thing that I did this week, I ordered food that was already prepared. And we are having that for dinner this week because I, w I knew I had a really big week. I knew I was working a ton and I didn't want to stress about that. I have cooked 12,000 meals wow. since the beginning wow. of this. And no, it's this counting. Week, <laughs> yeah. I just said, I'm not doing it. I'm ordering food. I'm ordering food. We are going to eat. Somebody else is going to cook. And this is what we're going to have this week. And I'm going to take the time that I would be cooking in the kitchen for an hour and a half. And I'm going to go and I'm going to spend that with my kids instead. So those are things that you can do. And I know it sounds so small, but they, those, those little things really add up. Um, so let's talk quickly about the holidays. The holidays are coming. There's a lot of people that are going to be maybe isolated, celebrating them by themselves. And one of the things I'm trying to tell everyone with the radio show and in my practice is it just has to be different this year, right? We can still celebrate and dress up. And so I wanted to ask you, how are you going to be spending the holidays? And also thank you for the hallmark uh, channel and everything you're doing there, because I think that that is very much a center point for a lot of people's holidays. And I think it's going to be one of those things that are going to make people still feel like they're participating somehow. 
Thank you so much for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Um, Hallmark, I'm so blessed to be a part of a network that puts content out there that just makes people happy. It just makes people happy. And I, I've, I've, I've wanted to be a part of making content that brings joy to people for a very long time. And the fact that I get to do that on Hallmark makes me, I just, it's such a gift. And, and um, people always come up and are like, thank you. And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching. But I, it is gonna be harder and it is gonna, well, actually it is gonna be different. I won't say that it's gonna be harder because you know, there's a lot of things in my life that I thought, especially in the last three years with everything that I've gone through with Bennett and my dad, that I thought, oh, this is gonna be really a lot harder, meaning not being able to get back to Georgia for Christmas. We weren't able to do that for a while because we couldn't travel with my, my son. And it ended up being so incredible and of course I missed my family but we did hear things here together as our family that we had never done before and we put traditions in place that we had never done before and it ended up being an amazing Christmas and so I would I would invite everyone to think of it go ahead and get your mind on the fact that it's going to be different and stay very open just pull that heart open Pull your mind open and just allow, right? Just allow, because what I've learned is if you can stay open inside of anything, no matter how painful, that's where the miracles and the magic happen. That's where the surprises wow. Wow. come in. That's where the delight happens, the things that you didn't expect, you know? Um, one example I'll say is I, uh, I'm a big spokesperson for the Alzheimer's Association, and I always am a part of the team that leads the walk to end Alzheimer's in Los Angeles. And this year, obviously, it was very different. It was virtual. And I woke up that morning. Actually, the election was called that morning. So my walk, I started my walk a little bit later because I was like, wait, what's going on? And um, I had one friend that came and joined me, masked. She walked with me at a distance. And I had woken up that morning. I just said, Nikki, just stay open. Just stay open. Just stay open. And we walked. I walked my dog. She walked with me at a distance. And we walked outside. And there were two giant double rainbows all over the entire city of Los Angeles. The air was crisp. It was so beautiful outside. I felt all of these people that were walking from all parts of the country with me. And it was one of the most, of course, I'm going to be so excited when we get to all be together again and walk together again, but I will never forget that Saturday and that walk and how special and beautiful it was. And it was different, but it was also incredible. So just stay open, you know? Wow, I felt that whole story in my body. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, it's going to be different, but hold space for it still being special. Uh, Nikki DeLoach, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for what you do. You. It's so, so, so important. I, I, I believe that not enough people get access to mental health care, and it's, it's so necessary, and it is so needed. It doesn't matter what age you are, the color of your skin, how much money you make, how much, like everybody needs access to good mental health care. So thank you so much for, uh, thank, for you. Oh, thank you. Have a great night. Have
Yeah, you too. And Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. <laughs> and there it is, folks. Look, things are going to be different this year, but that doesn't mean they have to be bad. And I love that concept. Holding space for the possibility of things being maybe more magical, more special than you expected, or even maybe better than it had been in the past. You can catch more of Dr. James Q. Simmons and Nikki DeLoche on I'm Listening, our mental health show that airs every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about relationship advice. Yep, always dropping those gems. You know, they're always pretty consistent, some new changes and tweaks, but there's some perspectives to always keep in the back of your mind. And, you know, as always, it applies to pretty much all relationships. And that's what I think is really fascinating and actually just makes it very valuable, regardless of whether you are romantically single or not. We are always still in a multitude of relationships, right? We have friends, we have family members, colleagues. Uh, so it, it always does apply, but we tend to use the word relationship. Are you in a relationship to somehow always mean romantic? But yet we have a multitude of different kinds of relationships that we're always embedded in. And the skill set is pretty consistent in all of them. Now, of course, there's differences when someone's a primary partner, right? Or maybe a family member. But um, still, some of these things are really universalizable, so uh, applies to everyone. So, you know, this is actually, I'm looking at an article, and I don't always agree with everything, and I'm always open to challenging what I think is wrong <laughs> or problematic. And uh, so let's go through it together. I was looking through this on a, a lunch break during my clinical hours, and I thought that there were some really meaningful pieces in this. So uh, one of the first concepts is this whole idea that relationships are hard work. Um, I agree with that, and I disagree with that. I think that relationships take work, but I don't think that they should be hard work. I actually think that if we're truly with someone where we have compatibility, that there's conflict and there's work, but it shouldn't be that difficult. I think sometimes people stay too long, and I think there's actually a flaw in implying that it should be really, really difficult. It shouldn't. If your relationship is that hard, then it's time to do some couples therapy, some personal therapy, or it's time to leave. Remember, we don't have to be in any relationship. We don't have to have friends. We don't have to have colleagues. We don't have to talk to our family members. We don't have to romantically date. It's something that can be good for us. Um, I do think it's good for us, but it shouldn't make our lives harder or more complex past a certain point. And so I don't agree with the idea that we should live and die by it. And I shouldn't, I don't agree with the idea that, oh, well, that's relationships. No, if we're truly, truly in healthy relationships with healthy people setting boundaries, and if it's romantic and there's compatibility, well, then it's, there's work, but it shouldn't be endlessly hard. So I don't agree when someone says hard work. I think they should be challenging. I think there's times where it's difficult. I think they hold a mirror up where we can learn about ourselves, but it shouldn't be agonizing. I see far too many couples where I'm saying, whoa, you're signing up for more work than I think relationships should be. Are you willing to go on that journey? And I'll map it out for them and say, this is what it's gonna look like. This is what you can reasonably expect. Do you want better than that? And sometimes the answer should be yes. So yeah, there's a length, there's a period of work there's a amount of work, but it shouldn't be negatively impacting your life. And that's really a difficult thing to, to suss out, but I think we need to. Now, a point that I do think is pretty valid is that there's no such thing as a perfect partner. And I agree with that. And I think we all agree with that consciously, but I still do see some people keeping themselves romantically single because essentially they are actually living from the perspective that there is a perfect person. And they wind up just 
passing people by because oh, that one, that person has this, that person has that, that person, eh, that wasn't right. And when you really pan out, you realize that they actually are looking for perfect. They're unwilling to accept a healthy, reasonable, notice those qualifying terms, healthy and reasonable amount of conflict or work. No one's going to enter your life so perfectly compatible, so powerfully having done their own individual work that there isn't a few things that we have to deal with. Now, one of the going maxims, one of the um, norms in couples therapy is that some issues are completely resolvable, some issues are improvable, but the bulk of issues aren't resolvable and they won't change. And it is what you deal with when you come together and you have to just manage it. And so there is an expectation that there's gonna be some things that are gonna disappoint you, frustrate you, or let you down. That is expected. And I write about this next concept in my book, Rebel Love. So check it out if you want to dive deeper. I talk about the fact that a lot of our wish list of things we want in a partner actually comes from our ego, it comes from the weaknesses. We don't want to have to deal with ourselves. And so we want a person to have certain attributes so we don't have to go up against certain things. And a lot of people, when you look at what they're looking for in a partner, it's all ego. It's all consumerist or aesthetic. It's not necessarily personality driven. Um, or rooted in mental health. It's about how they look, how tall they are, how much money they make, what they own. Oh my God, that's all ego. And none of that promises a compatible or healthy, mental, mentally healthy relationship, right? So really start to think in terms of mental health attributes as your wish list in a partner, because that's what really determines your mental health while with that person. That's what really determines your happiness and your sustainability with that person. Um, Another thing that I think is really important is that we really don't learn about what it's going to be like to be with this person or what kind of compatibility we have until you do have those reasonable moments of conflict. That's when we learn whether or not we can trust them. That's when we learn if they do repair. That's how we learn how they act out frustration and disappointment. Do they stick around? Do they work through? Or do they try to run? Do they name call? Do they become physically or emotionally abusive? But we don't learn all those things until we do have some conflict. And so it's healthy when you finally bump into that. The sooner the better. It's how we learn a whole, whole, whole lot, you know? But the other final point that we're gonna land on is as long as there's a willingness to grow, I feel pretty confident. And that's what I look for in couples. Just that there's a willingness, that each of them have the willingness to do the work that's necessary. Because just like we go through phases of illness, pandemic, <laughs> politics, seasons, things that are going on in our life because of other ones, other people in our life, our relationship will do that as well. And we want to be with someone who we know has the willingness to do whatever's needed at those different times. When we become unemployed, when we become sick, when we lose a loved one, we want to know that they're there to ride through that with us. And we learn about that again through times of conflict. Do they stick by us? Do they support us? Or do they focus on themselves? Do they shun us, right? Really powerful things in those moments. So, you know, relationships, man, people growing machines, you know, can't live with them, can't, with them, can't live without them, as they say. You know, we're always embedded in so many different ones. Uh, coming up next, question of the night. So still some time to weigh in on that. That, as always, is on our Loveline IG page in the stories. And then we're going to be closing out with some DMs. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we are back, and uh, I love this. Google, Google's going to replace the need for college degrees with six-month certificates. I love that. Because remember, there's something a little bit classist and elitist in academia. Not everyone has the money to go to school. 
Even if school's paid for, they still have to worry about transportation, books, housing. Do you know how expensive textbooks are? It's gross, students. Some of the lowest income poorest people, while student, because of student, those are the people that you're charging those exorbitant prices for textbooks. It's really offensive. And not everyone wants to go to school. Not everyone needs to go to school. A lot of your curriculum is useless, wasted time and energy, truly. So I love this. Google's like, we don't need all that mess. We will take six-month certificates. I think it's beautiful. It opens the doors for more people to succeed. Again, not everyone also has time or money for childcare to go to school. Or not everyone is near a school. Not everyone is able to relocate to go to school or has transportation, right? It's a severe limit. And everyone should have more opportunity to move towards the goals they have. So I love this. So basically, the tech giant Google's announced that they'll accept Google learning certificates in place of college degrees. Six-month courses. I love that. Um, yeah, I think that's really stunning. They're also uh, announced it'll be sourcing funds for 100 thousand scholarships see that's the way you improve culture let people have better access don't make it so hard the ivory towers of academia are not achievable by everyone and i've said this to people in my own field <clears throat> go to school so you can get licensed then you gotta unlearn all the mess you learn because psychology really teaches you some outdated problematic stuff so um yeah get in there and get out all right y'all time for question of the night according to cosmo here are five signs that it's time to break up with your partner. See, interesting stuff. Number one, you don't feel like a priority. Number two, thinking about marriage or the future with them freaks you out. I don't agree with that one <laughs> because uh, future is a lot of scare. So not every relationship has to be in service of marriage. Sometimes this is what it is. It's, as, it's just, this goes no further than this. And that's okay. Not every relationship has to be in service of going further. Uh, Cosmo often gets it wrong, but that's okay. They also say you think about having sex with other people. Well, that's actually normal. We have eyes. We're going to be attracted to other things, so I don't agree with that either. Cosmo also says, wow, they're not doing so well here. Uh, you feel like they're being way too clingy. Well, that's also just a sign of not being compatible, right? Some people want more closeness and intimacy than we do, and we're not clingy. We just want more closeness and intimacy than you do. Let's not shame that. You feel like you're on different pages. Okay, you're not compatible. That's cool. Um, what a mess. But the question of the night, we'll go there. This is better. I hope you guys don't let me down with your answers. What are some signs? that you've noticed that say it's time to break up with your partner. I think that for number three, which was you think about having sex with other people, you can think about having sex with other people, but it will be a problem if those fantasies don't stop. Or if it's about one specific person, like if you dream about someone, that's okay. But if it's like a coworker and you're actively wondering what sex like is like with them, then you'll probably cheat. I don't know if you have good boundaries, you can be around anyone and you don't cheat. I don't think it's as simple as if you're thinking about someone you're going to cheat. Yikes. Uh, what are some other signs? Someone else said, if you feel stuck or bored and you've tried to spice things up, it's time to go. I feel decently with that. You know, a good relationship that's going to have some sustainability or health is when we're with someone who's willing to constantly work on it. You know what I mean? It shouldn't take a lot of work. Relationships should not take a lot of work. They should take work though, right? And they're always interested in keeping it alive and keeping it fresh. Someone else said, if everything your partner does makes you mad or the other way around, that is true. Because usually that's deep resentment and that's a sign that the relationship does need a lot of help or might need to end when you actually dislike your partner. Yeah, when you've gotten to a place where you can't stand anything about them, then what's the point? That's not why we get into relationships, make our lives harder. So just lovingly exit at that point, seriously. Someone else said, if you're not attracted or want to have sex anymore, that's usually a big sign. I'm okay with that one. Yeah, it's a sign to at least open up if you want to maintain all the other things that are working. But if not, yeah, maybe it's time to say, let's just be friends because that's what we already are. 
because sex and romance aren't there. Let's just be adults and acknowledge that. That's actually really healthy. And it's a very loving thing to call out to your partner. Hey, we don't have romance or sexuality. Like, let's do something about that. Or let's just be friends. Or let's still cohabitate and raise our kids, but have an open marriage or open relationship. You know? Someone else said, uh, if you choose your friends over your boo, for sure. I want you to choose both. And I want you to make time alone for both. Time for your friends, boys night, girls night out, whatever it is, non-gender night out. And then time for your partner. We're allowed to have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Someone else said, usually when you're fighting really bad, it's time to end it. And someone else said, you just can't change a partner. So if it doesn't work, then you should break up. Again, we get into relationships to make our lives better, to have a companion, to do things with, to help us grow, someone to support us, someone to have trust in. And if those things aren't there, then what are you doing it for? Because you feel like you have to? Because you're scared to leave? Not good enough. You're going to make yourself and them miserable. And that's when relationships become toxic, when we're in them for just anxiety-based reasons or fear. Oh God, it sucks the life out of us, them, and everything around us. Don't be that person. Thanks to those that participated. Question of the night is up already for the next night. So uh, that's on our Loveline IG page in the stories. As always, thanks to those that are honest and vulnerable. I always love hearing your answers, even when they horrify me. All right, coming up next, we're going to slide into those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. And we'll be back in two minutes with that two-minute promise. All right, y'all, we're back, and now it's time to slide back into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding into DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms, because it's a big old sexy world, and we want you to explore with confidence. Our DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Slide on into them DMs with your questions. You can also go to my DMs, at uh, Dr. Donahue on my IG. Uh, taking your questions. All right, here we go. This one asks... Hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Alessa, and I'm from Phoenix. I've been there. Phoenix is beautiful. I liked it. Good time. Um, I've been in a poly relationship with two people, one male and one female, Jacob and Steph, for about five months. Shout out, happy poly family, unless you're going to break my heart and tell me not so much in a minute. The other day, we were all at the house. See, that's what I love, a little polycule, where everyone knows everyone, everyone's friends, it's all ethical, it's, you know, it's how it goes. The other day we were all at the house and Steph's house. Wait, we were all at the house and Steph's house when I needed to use our computer to look something up. You know how on, oh, here we go. Oh gosh, here we go, I already hear it. You know how on Macs when the text messages pop up in the corner, like God bless technology, blows our spot up all the time. God. All right, here we go. We're gonna go down the rabbit hole, the technology rabbit hole. So yes, on a Mac, the text messages will pop up in the corner, yes. So I turned. I love this. So I turned the computer on and a bunch of messages came through only from Jacob saying how they want to break up with me and just be together. Those two, they haven't said a thing to me. Oh, I felt that in my body. I'm sorry. That's gotta be really hard to stumble upon whether you sought it out or not. Like, I'm sorry that you had to see that. That hurts my heart. That's really hard to hear. It really is. Um, they haven't said a thing to me. See that uh, let's, before we go any further, um, Steph and Jacob, if you guys are at a point where you're openly discussing that you don't want to be with Alessa anymore, have respect for her. Tell her. There's nothing more disrespectful than when people discuss a lack of interest in someone behind their back. We want one-to-one relationships. Go to the person and tell the person what you feel. Let, let Alessa go. Why keep her trapped in something that you don't want to be in anymore? That's not love. She wouldn't rather you just fake it to keep her happy because you're not comfortable ending it. Like, so not kind. Um... I don't really know what to feel because this relationship was going so well. Do I let them go? Do I even have a choice? 
Oh man. Well, you don't have a choice. No, because you can't force people to be with you or want to be with you if they don't. Right. What you do need to do is own up to what happened. Hey, I was on your computer and I saw these messages between the two of you. Can we talk about what I saw? That's all you can do. And I want you to do that. And I want you to do that immediately because you don't need to carry that secret. It's not your secret to carry. And when we stumble upon something like that, whether we were policing, digging through their phone or whatever, we got to own up to it. So um, go and let them know what you saw and say, look, my heart hurts. Let's talk about this and give them space that they weren't willing to take lovingly out of respect for you, force it and say, what's going on? And maybe they'll finally acknowledge, yeah, listen, it's not working out. We realize that we want to be together. And then you can say, well, listen, I wish you had told me. I don't know if I can maintain a friendship with the two of you because you've showed such a disrespect for me. Um, my heart hurts to hear that. And then I'd want you to say, but, you know, I support the two of you going off and being together because just because I'm hurt or disappointed doesn't mean you two shouldn't work on what you need to work on. But please, moving forward, uh, Steph and Jacob, have respect for a third or fourth party if you, tend, if you date others. And um, take the responsibility that you need to take and let them know when your feelings change. I want everyone to do that, even if it's a 20-year marriage. Hey, babe, the love doesn't seem to be there anymore. Can we work on it? Can we talk about it? Call it out as soon as it's happening so maybe there is room for change or work and not wait till it's too far gone and you need to just leave as the only solution. But tell people where you're at. If you're not willing to do that, you are not healthy enough to be in a relationship because being in a relationship is to say, I'm willing to end this if that needs to happen and I'm gonna have enough care and respect for the person to let them know where I'm at. And if you're not up for that, then you're not mature enough to date. Dating readiness and maturity for dating is something we have to assess before we bring ourselves into people's lives, right? Because dating shouldn't leave people worse off, neutral to better, but not worse. And you two are making someone's life worse. So you need to work on your maturity. No care in that. Oof, y'all hurt my heart. All right, y'all, question of the night, as always, is back up on our Love on IG page in the stories. We'll be back next week. Please center this weekend in tons of love and care and compassion for yourself, but also for other people. Please decide moving forward that you want to be a positive influence on people's lives, and you will take that seriously. Oof, you know? But anyway, otherwise, center this weekend in self-care. Tons of joy and pleasure, tons of rest. Take a day, put your phone away, turn it off, be unavailable, just focus on you. As always, y'all, thanks for hanging out, and you have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your night.